Good morning. <clears throat> Turn your Bibles to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. I'd like to look at verse 1, 2, and 3 this morning. <clears throat> As you're turning there, I have some signs and uh, headlines I want to share with you before I get into my message. Uh, one sign said in this place, it said, Tool it out of place. Please use floor below. Another sign in another place had automatic washing machines. Please remove all clothes when the light goes out. Then in the London department store, they had a, a sign. It said, uh, bargain basement upstairs. <laughs> then outside a secondhand shop. By the way, I... Uh, and sharing these, they, uh, Travis shared this one with me outside a secondhand shop. We exchange anything, wash machines, bicycles, etc. Why not bring your wife along and get a wonderful bargain? That's not right, is it, brother? <laughs> Notice on a farmer's field, it uh, says, Farmers allows people to cross for free but bull charges. This one right here on a repair shop, we can fix anything. Please knock hard on the door. The bell doesn't work. Then they had some headlines in newspapers. Miners refuse to work after death. Cold wave linked to temperatures. And then one headline said, man struck by lightning faces battery charge. And the last one, the winner of them all, a typhoon rips through cemetery, hundreds dead. That brought a little joy to some of you and maybe not so much to the rest of you. But we want to talk about the joy in our race today. Uh, the Lord put this on my heart about three days after Travis asked me. And I read the text and the, the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. I thought... Uh, well, you're going to have to tell me what this means. But in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in verse 2, uh, when we look at the Scripture, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. And this is the key I want you to say, who for the joy that was set before him. Uh, and we ask this question. This is a present participle which expresses continue or repeated actions. There's three things that I want to share with you before I get into my message. And uh, what brought joy to Jesus in this text right here? Because the Bible says, uh, who for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was, first of all, his sacrifice for us? The Bible says that he endured the cross. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 53, thinkest that thou cannot now pray the Father, and he shall presently give me more than 10,000 legions of angels. The Bible says in John, the 10th chapter and verse 17, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So we look and see his sacrifice for us. He endured the cross. Uh, that was the joy that, 
brought, that brought joy to Jesus. The second thing I want you to see is his shame for us. The Bible says, despising the shame. Why did Jesus say in Matthew 26, 38, then saith he unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Tear ye here and watch with me. It wasn't the pain. It was his sin that he was going to take upon us. The Bible says in verse 39, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Then the Bible says in verse 42, he went away again the second time and praying, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. As we look at this, a holy God was going to take all our sins, every sin that was ever committed and will ever be committed on him. God hates sins. There was no other way. Then the other thing that I want you to see that brought joy to Jesus is his sovereignty for us. The Bible says, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 5, where there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 24, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. What brought joy to Jesus was what he did and what he does for us. This word was set means a continuous and repeated. Now, what does this have to do with us? You'll ask that question. I hope I can get this across. The next thing that I want you to see is found in verse number one. The Bible says, wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does see so easily beset us. And listen to what he says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Joy was set before Jesus, a race was set before us. This word set means to put or lay or to stand something in a specific place or position. The something is our race. A race has a start, a finish, and people don't like to talk about it, but it also has a struggle. If you win or finish, many times the struggle is hard. If you ever have been in any type of competition in any type of sports, if you're ever successful, there's a struggle there in the middle. If you want to, I want to talk about the joy in our race. If you have ever experienced the joy of the Lord, it always brings you back. In the story of the wise men the, and the star, a baby Jesus, they experienced joy. The Bible says in Matthew 2.10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. The experience is spiritual. It is an experience with or through the Holy Spirit. 
it is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. When we experience the love of Christ, listen to me, when we experience the love of Christ, it brings joy. I began to go to the Bowling Fork Free Will Baptist Church because there was this pretty girl by the name of Sherry, and the only way I could see her is I got to call her on the phone on Wednesday night. I got to see her on Friday night, and if I seen her on Sunday, I had to go to church. So I went to church. And uh, after a period of time, they started going to the Caney Creek Free Will Baptist Church. And there was a woman by the name of Sister Haley Bartley would come in on a walker. This church, we run about 250 people in the church. It's the church I got saved in. And she would come up the aisle, and her daughters on this walker, and her daughters would help her, and she would sit in the second pew. She was a big lady. And they would begin to sing congregational songs, and she would stand to her feet, and she would begin to wave her arms and praise the Lord. I never grew up in church, never heard about Jesus, but as I began, and I would listen to her, and I said, I don't know what she has, but I want it. Because of the love of Christ, she had joy in her life, and the power of the Holy Spirit began to move in her life. In that same church, I want to share with you that they were women that would run and shout and scream and it turned me off. There's something special about the joy of the Lord. I want to see, I want you to see three things as we begin to look at this text, the race that is set before us. The first thing I want you to see is the joy in the star of the race. You'll notice he says in verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author of our face, faith. There's two things that I want you to see. First of all, when we talk about the star of a race, in other words, when we give our life to Lord Jesus Christ, there is joy in heaven. The Bible says, first of all, talking about the lost sheep. And the Bible said that he would leave the 90 and 9 and find the lost sheep. And when he come back, he would come. When he found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And the Bible says in verse 6, And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, than more than ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. But not only in heaven where they're rejoicing over the one sinner that repenteth, but over the lost coin. The Bible says in Luke, the 15th chapter, in verse 8 through 10, but in verse number 9, there was a lost coin. And when she found it, she called her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. As we look at this, the joy in the start of our race, not only is in heaven, but I want you to know it's in the Father's house. We find that in Luke, the 15th chapter, verse 11 through 32. We can't go through all this, but he wanted it as inheritance. So the Father gave him all his inheritance. And what ended up happening is he ended in the hog pen. 
The Bible says in verse 16, and he would fain, in other words, that word fain means gladly have filled his belly with the hucks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. So in the father's house, he ended up in the hog pen. But I'm telling you, it ended up when it was all over in the house of praise. The Bible says in verse 17 through 24, let's look at this parable. The Bible says in verse number 17, he came to himself. I'm telling you, there's times in lives, people's lives, that they literally come to themselves. That's what the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Somebody asked me this morning that talking about uh, Chris and Sarah, were they close? And I said, Chris isn't even thinking about Jesus as far as I'm concerned, but Sarah is. But you never know, one day, somehow, some way, God will get a hold of his attention, and he does that for everybody. And then they come to themselves. The Bible says in verse number 18, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And that's what happens. People come to realize that they've sinned against God and heaven. The Bible says in verse number 19, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. That's why Paul said in Romans 1, one, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, that word servant is a bond slave. And I'm telling you, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though the Bible teaches me in the book of John in the 15th chapter that he calls us friends. But notice what the Bible says in verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, that when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. No wonder the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then we find in verse 20 through 24, the party is on. He killed the fatted calf. He put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, put a robe on him. And I'm going to tell you something. They had a great big party. And I'm telling you, when we go back to Luke, the 15th chapter, and verse 1 and 2, you'll find that the publicans and the sinners, the Bible said that he was eating with them. The Bible says the Pharisees and the scribes, they begin to murmur within their cells. I'm going to tell you, Jesus receiveth sinners and eateth with them. I remember one time uh, when I was pastoring in Clyde, Ohio, there was a fellow by the name of Brian Milton. And he had to go to court that week, and I had went to court with him. When we got there, somehow, some way, I got hooked up with the judge. And the judge asked me why I was there, and I told him I was there with Brian Milton. And he said, uh, Where are you, who are you? And I said, I'm a pastor. I pastor, and I told him what church. He said, I go by that church every day when I travel to work. I see your signs on the sign. He said to me, is he coming to church? I said, yes, sir. Is he a Christian? I said, no, sir, but he's been attending. He said, I'll tell you what, I promise you, if you'll help him, I will not send him. I was planning on sending him to prison today. Actually, I preached this fellow's funeral about a year ago in Fremont, Ohio. I'm telling you something, that Sunday morning, I preached and I gave the invitation. Brian Milton came forward, and I got down, and I talked with him and told him everything he needed to do to get saved. And he prayed, and when he finished, he got up and went back to his seat. And I got up, and 
began to extend the invitation. I looked out, and there's a fellow by the name of Brian Lake out there. Brian is one of those guys that did everything right, but he, ne he, he wasn't saved. And I looked out over there, and all of a sudden, tears began to come in Brian's eyes just out of nowhere. I don't know why I focused on him, but I did. And I'll tell you, three seconds later, here come Brian down that aisle. His mom began to shout and, and praise the Lord. She'd never shouted and praised the Lord in church. I'm telling you, the church went berserk that day. There was a party going on. And let me tell you something else happened. When that happened, Brian Milton got up out of his seat and came back to the altar again. I don't believe he got saved the first time, but I believe he did the second time. I'm telling you, there's joy in the start of the race. I'm telling you, there needs to be shouting going on. That's why that when we get up here and sing, I'll tell you, when Travis leaves that music, I'm telling you, you can see the Spirit upon his life. He wants us to have that. I'm telling you, if there's anything that will draw people to this church, it's the joy of the Lord. The next thing that I want you to see is the joy and the struggle of our race. You'll find that in verse number 3. It says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Our Christian walk is a struggle, the struggle between the spirit and the flesh. The Bible says in Galatians, the fifth chapter, in verse number 17, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. And then we ask this question, can there be joy in the struggle? James says yes. The Bible says in James 1, 2, count it all joy in diverse temptation, the scripture says. I, I, who does James address in this text? He addresses in James 1, 1, the Bible says, James, a servant of Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. You look in the book of Acts in the 8th chapter, the Bible said, And Saul was consenting unto his death. At that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles, the Bible says. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering to every house and hauling men and women and committing them to prison, the Scripture says. Let's go to back to James 1.3. The Bible says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, that you may be, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be entire, be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let's look at Eve just for a moment. She's in the garden. She has everything that she needs. Then the devil comes. What happens? She falls into temptation. She did not pass the test. Many times we do not pass the test. Our flesh, the sin, the devil tells us if we just had this, we would be happy. We get that position for a certain person, a boy or girl, man or woman, an object. Then we are not happy. Eve changes, Eve's life changes forever. Could Eve have been patient and passed the test? The Christian life is a struggle, but we can experience joy. First, a trial can become a temptation, and a temptation can become a trial. 
Here Eve allows the temptation to become a trial. Adam and Eve and the serpent received consequences. Did the devil test her? Yes. Did she pass the test? No. Is it all over for Eve? No. God's grace kicks in. And God's grace always kicks in. Don't ever forget that. Did it make her faith stronger? Yes. She had to be devastated when Cain slew Abel. Many of you are experiencing trying times in your lives. When we see God's grace in the midst of a trial, we, are experience, we can experience joy. It is never what we do. It is always what He does. The Bible says in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 17 through 20, And the seven returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. First of all, they didn't try and take the credit. They give him the credit. But I want you to see what he says. And Jesus said unto them, I behold Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to look at this text. Then the Bible says in verse number 20, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let's go back to the trial of Stephen. He is stoned to death. What a struggle. But there is joy. Because on the road to Damascus, Saul is converted. Look at all this we've talked about. The sheep, the coin, the prodigal son, the rejoicing, the joy, and the conversion of souls. Our struggles are always worth it if in the end there is salvation to someone. Adam and Eve, the plan of salvation for all sinners came through Jesus Christ. I want you to see one other thing. As Stephen is dying, look what he says in Acts 7, 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I believe there was joy in his heart. There's one other thing I want to share with you, and I want to close this morning. The joy in the sequel of our race. That's the only S word I could find for that, Travis. And I alliterate everything, and it's the biggest crutch I have in my preaching. Not a good thing. But as I think about our sequel of our race, the Bible says in verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the finisher of our faith. The word sequel, it can mean a result. But when I think about that, I think of the Jason Bourne movies. I love those movies. And with Matt Damon, they made one that didn't have Matt Damon in it. And it was okay, I thought, but. I like the Matt Damon. I love it most when that woman is standing there and he says, blah, blah is there, and she looks like that. That's one of my favorite part of the movie. But now we see the sequel as the result. There's two things I want you to see. Number one, I'm going home. He says that he endured the cross. But when Jesus was on that cross, the Bible says in John 19.30, it is finished. He finished the plan of salvation for me and you. Jesus did everything that needed to be done. And I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul did. I don't think besides Jesus there was ever a man that struggled in his life like Paul did. But when it was all over, 
In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul says, I fought, I finished, and I have faith in Jesus. I can't tell you how much that I miss Sherry Finney. Last night, they had the Nazi Christmas party. And uh, her friend, two different times, made a point about how the party was going to be Saturday night and she was going to miss her dear friend, which was Sherry. See, everything me and Sherry ever went to, I was the pastor. And it was always about Paul Finney and Sherry was on the sidelines. When we went to the Nazi Christmas party, I sit there. And Sherry would get up and she'd talk and she said, are you okay? And I said, yes, baby, I am. I had a blast watching her have a good time at the Nazi Christmas party. I could care less whether anybody ever said anything. But I'm going to tell you right now, she is in the real party right now. And that's joy unspeakable. The only other thing I want to share with you is we want the prodigal to go home. We have so many family members and friends that need to go home. The father is waiting with outstretched arms. Please come home. The party is waiting. Does our family see the joy we have in Christ? Are we complaining or unthankful or not faithful? When Travis plays and sings, you can see the joy. I said this once. But his desire is to see that on every single one of us. Sing with your hearts to the Lord. That's what will bring visitors back, the unsaved. When they see the joy we have in Christ, the joy that was set before him, the race that's set before us. Have you started in the race? Are you struggling in the race? And do you realize one day the sequel was coming? Unless the Lord intervenes, that's what's going to happen to Big Mike. There's going to be a sequel. I don't know your hearts today, but as they come and get a song of invitation, but I know this, the race is real, and the joy of the Lord is real. Bob Shockey used to tell us, you know what happens to Christians, they get over being saved. Never, I've never got over being saved. I've not always done what's right. But I know I love him, but he loves me a whole lot more. Now I hope and pray. There's a place, I wasn't going to say this, but there was a place, Tractor Supply, I'll go get things. And this woman in there, every time I come in, she says hi, and she said, she says smile. You just got to smile. And then she says, I got a warm smile. I, I hope everywhere we go, people can see Christ. They can see that joy. As you stand this morning.